0: Jimmy's
1: Table. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Today is episode 43, in which I'm going to talk to a special guest, a friend of mine who goes by the pseudonym St. Theosaurus Rex, or just the Theosaurus Rex, depending on the context. Uh, he chooses to go by this in order to remain anonymous online. But trust me, I know his real name and where he lives. Uh, Well, not his exact address, but I know about where he lives because I'm friends with him on Facebook. (laughs) Uh, But in order to protect his identity as he wishes uh, to remain anonymous, I will simply use his online moniker and stage name, The Theosaurus Rex. Today we're going to be talking about things having to do with everybody's favorite topics, religion and politics. But first, let me tell you a little bit about the Theosaurus Rex. Saint Theosaurus Rex is a millennial dinosaur who has a bachelor degree in international studies, political science, and politically identifies as a communitarian liberal, which is socially conservative and fiscally constitutional. That's a mouthful. He has a Master's of Divinity in Christian Education from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary and identifies as a charismatic Bapticostal. gloria! Eventually, he'd love to get a PhD in philosophy with something to do with Christianity and literature or cinematography. An interesting hybrid of his hippie father and scientist mother, he's been taught to always question authorities, come up with his own philosophies, and objectively look at all sides. His biggest theological influences are the works of C.S. Lewis, the heretic Rob Bell, <laughs> and J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, whom we all probably love. You can occasionally catch him co-hosting on two different Air Smudge collaborative podcasts, the ADD Masterminds and the Wax Museum, of which I occasionally also appear on as well. Of course, you can always find him in the links to his individual podcast and YouTube page on Twitter, At St. Theosaurus Rex. Uh, So without much further ado, everybody say hello to St. Theosaurus Rex.
0: Greetings, all. It is I, the Theosaurus Rex. And thank you for having me on your show. Glad to have you. Today we're here to talk about everyone's favorite
1: topic, politics and religion. I know, I know. Everybody get excited. We want to ask some questions today, uh, and I'll be asking them of uh, St. Theosaurus Rex. I'm particularly interested being that he has his poli-sci background as well as his MDiv. So I'm thinking this is going to be a pretty interesting show. We're going to talk about how faith and politics intersect, what relationship should exist between the church and state, to what degree do they go together, And to what degree, if any, should they be separate? Should churches and pastors be outwardly political and other such questions? Uh, And I I think it's interesting that we talk about this because we we get a little defensive about the entire uh, church and state thing. But I think we forget that the early church, when it made the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord, uh, such wasn't just at least in my opinion, a purely spiritual statement. It was also a political right. one. Um, and so we don't usually think of today as a controversial, Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, and we'd be like, yeah, man, that's, that's great if, if he is. Um, but that wouldn't necessarily ruffle any feathers and definitely wouldn't be anything worth killing anybody over. For sure. However, the early Romans were, in fact, willing to kill men over this confession. And so I have to sit there and ultimately ask why is this? Why were the Romans willing to kill people over the idea of someone having a personal Lord and Savior, if that's all Jesus indeed was, uh, and simply trying to love their neighbors and be a nice person? Is the kingdom of God separate from all of that? Or is it somehow mingled in the here and now? Uh, or is it merely just a spiritual kingdom, uh, as many have? uh said throughout the years uh so at this point you know i just kind of want to turn it over to uh saint theosaurus rex here and let him kind of uh piggyback off some of this so what do you think about it theo
0: there is so much in fact you could get entire degrees on all of this stuff it's just there's it's there's there's literally so much to do because there's there is i don't even know where to start i'll be honest well, well, we'll get with the Jesus Christ as Lord thing. Um, so back in the day, you had like um, the Romans were there and you had the Caesars and, and that kind of stuff. And they would they would go in there and they'd say, you know, Caesar is Lord. And that's kind of how they would greet you. Hey, Caesar is Lord. Oh, yes, yeah, Caesar is Lord. This is great. And um, it was a very political thing. And it was one of the ways that you showed your allegiance to the, the Caesars because they believed that they were the son of God. They believed that they were, you know, um Uh, on a mission from the gods to bring peace and get rid of the barbarism that was in the world. And, um, so when Paul used these terms, like Jesus is Lord. And when they used the terms about like good news or the evangelism and that kind of stuff, um, they, he was taking very political phrases that were, um, that were used back then and taking them so that they could, they could be juxtaposed against what Christianity and the claims that Christianity was making. And, um, so that kind of stuff, while it isn't that big of a deal nowadays, it was a huge deal back then, because now we don't really marry, we don't really have much in terms of theocracies, especially in the Western world. Most of our theocracies that we see now are, are in the like the East, which would be like um, uh, Saudi Arabia, where you've got the church and the state are, are married together. Where you have your state religion and where you have um, priests or um, imams or whoever that are kind of controlling the thing. and Or like how Europe used to be back in the Middle Ages when the Catholics owned everything. And um, so in that case, you were you were willing to kill people because their religion was different than you and that kind of stuff. And that's one of the things that the when the founders came over here, like when the pilgrims came over, they were um, religious refugees. And so then when... They were trying to set up the Constitution and set up the United States in general. It was all about, you know, let's make sure that we we don't have a litmus test for being religious. Let's make sure that we don't have a a for sure um, state religion, which is what the First Amendment was about, that Congress shall not make any law respecting the establishment of religion or um, messing with. Oh, I forgot it. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> but the big thing is that you don't make a law where we we establish a religion, right? For there, and so then what? So how? So so that's the quote unquote separation of church and state, but then it goes into well, how do we as Christians deal with that? Right. You know, I we can't do something, especially like in a secular like society like we have, where I can't say, well, the Bible says this, so therefore we must pass a law that says that. But in the same way, as a Christian, well, what do I do? I don't want to to just totally throw out my christianity when I'm voting or when I'm supporting a candidate but yet so that so there's this really really tense thing that we have to do and um and and it's a, it's an intriguing thing to think about
1: yeah it, it really is especially when you start seeing you know various political factions and stuff start you know, at times cozying up to religious parties, whether it's on the left or on the right. You know, most recently right. Donald Trump, you know, said that, uh, you know, God's got our side, you know, when it comes yeah. to the Republicans. But, you know, you'd have a lot of, uh, you know, progressive-leaning Christians and stuff who, you know, you have Pete Buttigieg who would be willing to say, you know, he's all down with the gay thing and uh, that, uh, you know, Jesus is down with it too. And he'd be willing to say, well, my faith teaches me that we should be this way towards gays and uh, the poor and what have you. So, you know, it's kind of interesting to see how both sides play the religion card when it's appropriate.
0: Right. And like, well, even in the, the last Democratic debate, the one that happened in January, um, that's what he said. He said, hey, I can broaden the base because Pete Buttigieg or however his name is supposed to be pronounced. um, he said, "I can broaden our base because I can bring in the people of faith who feel that they can't support Donald Trump, and then we can go in here because because I'm a Christian and da, da da da, and um, and I think that um that one of the reasons we're able to, to kind of talk about that and do that is because we do have somewhat of a secular society that we are Christians in the middle of, whereas going back kind of to the Roman thing, they were they were a a, a religious or." Um, not really religious they were a well yeah they were a religious society because it was well what are the gods going to decide you know what happens with this and they would go to war or not go to war based on what the they determined the gods had said about things and so we don't do that and because of that i don't think that our religious statements um uh matter as much and we're able to completely separate our religious statements from the sec- from the like our governmental things right but you know, Which I think- it's interesting, sure. I think, with, uh, with that, though, they, at appropriate levels of
1: time, when they think it appropriate, both sides kind of, you know, ask the blessings of Jesus uh, on yes. their political ideology, or, you know, if we're going to war, it's, you know, well, we got to go stop those godless communists over there, and Jesus would oppose them, so let's go kill all yeah. the commies. Yeah! yeah! Death to the commies, yes. right? <laughs> Run them out of America, we need to have trials. Um, exactly. So, but you know, <laughs> right? Uh, but you know, at the same time, then you got Hillary Clinton saying, "Well, Jesus is on the side of the poor, and I'm a practicing Methodist, so I think we should be on the side of the poor too." Um, so, even though Hillary's not, doesn't appear to be running, uh, but we still have that. Uh, although she may yet, uh, may, may she may yet. Um, but she, you know, so it's interesting just to see these tensions of. It's almost kind of like society has put the church in the place of, we'll drag you out and ask you for your blessing when we want it, but if right. we don't, don't come telling us about your Jesus and what he says we have to do because we're not really interested.
0: Yeah, and and I think kind of going along with that, it's like you've got the people who aren't very religious and who, who don't even necessarily call themselves christians or spiritual or whatever and they'll go and draw out the bible verses to to beat the christians to death with them you know so i'm obviously coming from a more right-leaning side but you get the whole thing of um, oh well ref- jesus was a refugee why don't you support refugees right well i do support refugees but i also support a secular system of government right. that says i can't make laws based on um, my religious beliefs but so it's like they they use it to try to to, to get that gotcha on the people as opposed to they don't actually, I don't think some people don't necessarily believe it when they're bringing out what the church says They're just using it to either silence or uh, to win an argument or silence an opposing view or by winning the argument.
1: Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good point. I mean, they, they're willing to play devil's advocate and, or Jesus's advocate depending on uh, how. Yeah. To, and they're willing to make you dance through a lot of hoops and tell you when it is or not appropriate Uh, to have the church involved in the affairs of the state. But, you know, it kind of makes me wonder to to some degree, like, you know, maybe instead of the church trying to jump through the hoops all the time to um, say, well, okay, we'll play by your rules when you say we can, and um, we won't when you say it's not appropriate. Maybe the church should just say, okay, we're not going to beat around the bush about this anymore. Jesus Christ is Lord, and... You know, we're not just some sort of spiritual entity to give free counseling to individuals who are going through hard times, but you know, we are in part uh, a political body. Uh, and whether you like it or not, you're going to have to deal with us on those terms. And it almost seems like maybe that at the end of the day, the church in the first century, when it was dealing with uh, Rome, was fully ready to. To own up to that and say, well, Jesus Christ is Lord, and while there is definitely a spiritual implication to this, we're not going to sit here and make these foreign distinctions between the sacred and the secular and between spiritual and physical uh, and temporal things, Um, but we're going to say that Jesus Christ is Lord, and he's Lord of heaven and earth, and all authority has been given to him, and he commands men everywhere should repent. Um, and that includes yeah. you, Caesar Augustus. That includes you, Nero. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Whoo, I've got the Holy Ghost. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, uh, so it, it, it seems like, you know, when they were willing to do that, well, naturally then Rome on uh, the powers that be were like, well, wait a second, got to put an end to this because
0: right.
1: only there can only be one Lord around here, and that's not Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways it was easier to do because they had that 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 lack of um, a separation between government and religion. Like everyone kind of accepted that there was some sort of religion or deity or something out there. And so then you were able to to kind of pit the, the different deities against one another. You could say, okay, well, look, so here's Caesar and you believe that he's God. That's fine. So look at what he's doing. Look at the people who are suffering and all that kind of stuff. And look at these people who are making peace, quote-unquote, in Caesar's name. And there's a whole line of people being crucified out here. Now, let's come over here, and we're saying Jesus is Lord. And look, you've got the poor being fed. You've got um, people being taken care of. You've got people of all different backgrounds working together and and just making the world a better place. So which, which Lord do you really think—which right. one do you really want to serve? right. And so because we could compare those two. And so it's ah, it's just it makes it so difficult, but also it's a beautiful thing that we have this secular um, and religious like separation in some ways. Right. Because it's difficult because then we can't come from that, that common point of view of saying, OK, yes, there are deities that exist. So now let's, let's compare the two. But then you've also got the the thing of, oh, now I don't have to worry about being killed because I believe in a different deity. Or I believe in a deity. Right. Um, so it... Ah.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. My understanding of uh, ancient Rome and the early church and some of the conflicts there was that, you know, early Christians, and this may come as a shock to some people, were actually charged with atheism. Because they only believed in one God versus, mm. you know, like Rome didn't have a problem with them believing Jesus is a God. You know, they have a thousand gods. You know, if you want to add Jesus yeah. into the mix, that's fine with them. But they had a problem with the insistence that there was only one Lord and one God. And that was problematic to them because, you know, at the end of the day, they were a political body, but they were also uh, their politics found unity through their pagan religion and belief in the deity of Caesar and things of that nature.
0: Well, and then with the Romans, they were also like, yeah, um, you can do whatever you want as long as you, you respect our stuff. Go ahead, and you can believe it. You want to believe in your thing? That's fine, but don't make it go against mine. Right. And whereas Christianity holds that there is one deity, right, and that is it, and all the other ones are fake. And that's like when Paul was on Mars Hill, he was able to say, hey, look, you guys talk about, I, here's the unknown God. You got the statue to him right there. Well, let me tell you, let me introduce you to him. Um, but then when we go and make those negative claims is where, um, where they got in trouble, and that's kind of where we get in trouble today too, where we say, Yes, yes, you can, you're can. you free to do you know, what you want to do. You have that, that right, but it, what you're doing right now is sin. So you, you probably shouldn't do that. And then people go, oh, well, that's terrible. How could you say something that I like is sin? <laughs> what right do you have to,
1: to, to do that? Right. You know, it, it, it makes me kind of think as I kind of try to wrestle it with it here in my mind, like, you know, the, they didn't mind back then of the, the different beliefs about Jesus and stuff so much so long as he wasn't claiming to be the exclusive Lord of heaven and earth and all authority um, and they didn't mind uh, the the polytheism of the day and all the other gods and if Jesus was just one of many deities they are fine with that but it almost seems like today where they they had or back then they had a, a fixed deities uh, as part of the state whereas today it's kind of like we would say it's secular, but I would say the, the secularism of our state is is borderline re, a religious conviction um, that the state has uh, in order to continue to justify its own existence and its laws and how it behaves. And so maybe to some degree it almost feels like, you know, at where the early church was told, you just have to swear by the genius of Caesar and we're not going to okay. feed you to the lions well, now we're kind of in a position in the country where, um, you know, the, the the government demands that we, you know, ask, acquiesce uh, their secular mindset and say, okay, we're willing to talk to you only as you do it on secular terms. And sometimes I wonder if that, you know, more or less isn't the same thing as the government in some ways and insisting on a secular humanistic sort of philosophy towards government, um, you know, in some ways asking us to participate in government uh, in the same way that Caesar used to demand that people swear by his genius is, is saying, okay, we're going to meet you on your secular, just purely rationalistic, enlightenment view of the world. Um, Is that, you know, maybe some degree us, you know, bowing to Caesar and swearing by his genius and offering a sacrifice to him at some
0: level? I don't know. What do you think? That is... A very interesting point that I had not thought of. <laughs> so as you're over here describing, I'm like, oh my gosh, let me see. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, that does. Oh, that's not good. Right. Um, But I, th- I think you're right um, because you get the thing where like people and they, ma- they make their claims like, yes, you can be a Christian in politics, but you better not legislate anything based on those Christian beliefs. Right. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. But, but you want to legislate things based on what you believe. Why can't I legislate things based on what I believe? And that's where you run into that issue, where it's like, well, where where are Christians? Where do we, what do we do? How can we be Christians and be political? And then there are a number of people who just like, I, there's no way for me to be political and be a Christian. So therefore, I'm going to hold my Christianity. I'm just not going to participate in the secular system
1: right, and or you, in the
0: political system.
1: And you kind of get that some with a lot of the Anabaptists and Baptist traditions and mm-hmm. the stuff where they're just like, okay, separation of church and state. And that pretty much they draw a very sharp and rigid line. And, you know, and that's, and that's where I think especially uh, with the kind of dispensational sort of school of thought. Uh, not to get overly academic, but for those, of, oh, those, those who know uh, what dispensationalism is. It's kind of like, you know, they insist on there being a spiritual kingdom, and you'll often hear that, and many well-intentioned, I think, pastors and scholars who say, well, you know, the kingdom of God wasn't this, what the Jews expected, and Jesus was really just trying to show them it was a spiritual kingdom, and they misunderstood right. that. And part of me is like, no, when Jesus claimed to be the heir of David's throne, that wasn't just a purely spiritual kingdom claim that was you know a very that that was a physical throne that was a genealogical based throne in which you know a man named david ruled a a physical geographic kingdom um yeah and and so to me if like if jesus's uh messianic claim is davidic claim is ultimately you know in that same vein then it is i think wrong for us to kind of make this This uh, I would borderline say Gnostic sort of division of spirit and flesh uh, where we say, well, the kingdom of God is just the spiritual thing. I would say the kingdom of God is in your midst and there is no dividing the the political from the spiritual and the physical and temporal and all that sort of stuff as the church has tried to do over the years. I'd say, you know, the kingdom of God is here, you know, and we need to do something about that.
0: Right. And, and I think, ultimately, we, we will go under a theocracy. Right. But it would be a theocracy under Jesus, and whatever your thoughts are on anything, I don't think there's anyone that thinks that the, the Jesus that was described in Scripture or the person Jesus himself was a terrible person. Right. I think everyone agrees, oh, yes, he was a good person. We just don't believe he was, you know, any sort of deity or whatever. But so it a theocracy under Jesus— I think would be a great thing. Right. Because we know that he's perfect. We know that he's a good and we know that he he wants what's best for everyone. Right? And so you don't have to worry about the corruption that that goes on and and the the individual interests of trying to placate everyone, which is what happens a lot of times or like uh, right now in the Middle East where you have it, you've got the one branch of um of Islam or whatever you know religion it is with the theocracy is under you get the one branch and then they don't like the other branch and so they try to get rid of the other branch um and you won't have to worry about that when we eventually get to it but i think until we get to having that perfect person who's leading it anything that we do or we if we were to try to set up a theocracy or try to have a a church ruled um society community whatever i think you end up having issues like back in the 70s they used to do it all the time And then you had these these weird cult leaders who go there and have everyone drink Kool Aid. God, I wish I could have joined a cult. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) So, um,
1: but you know, some some degree, I wonder, like as Christians, should even though we live in America, or you Mm -hmm. know, for many of us, we don't live in America. There, like you know, there are people who listen to this podcast who have been guests on the show, who whose shows I've appeared on. That are like we have Canadian brothers to the north, Mm -hmm. Uh, not not only in. And John Bridgeliv Watt isn't the only one that uh, listens. To I, I have several uh, Canadians uh, that uh, listen to this uh, podcast and who participate in Jimmy'sTable.com. And, you know, I, I wonder about how, you know, we because we, we, it can get easy, I think, to frame the discussion in a distinctly American way. But then we forget that we have Christians, brothers and sisters in just about every country in the world. Uh, who sure. live in governments that are very different than our own and who don't yes. talk uh, in the same sort of friendly political lingo that we do today.
0: Right. Um, and I think because of that, we kind of have to look at things from a point of view of what's a, a generic or not necessarily generic, what's, a, what's an objective measure that we can do as Christians in participating with government. Right. Um so one of the things that I so when I when I first started school um to get my bachelor's and I was going through doing all this kind of stuff and I started taking political science classes and my professors were awesome because it was the elections were coming around I'm like hey who are you voting for professor and he's like I'm a political scientist I don't have an opinion. <laughs> my opinion is supposed my goal is to teach you so that you can come up with your own opinion. And then at some point, if, if I'm not being your professor and we find each other a coffee and you want to ask me who I voted for, I'll tell you, you know, but at this point, that's my job is to help teach you how to do things yourself. And that was phenomenal. And we, all of the, the political science professors were like that, which was awesome. And so one of our classes was about learning about political theories. So we had to go through and read about all these different ones. And so, um, the the communitarian liberal idea is kind of the that of cause, sorry because I was really recon, trying to reconcile so I was trying to balance well how do I what do I do with my Christian beliefs when it comes to us me living in a secular society and um, and so I had to think about it. okay cool so what do I so I believe that in order for Christianity to thrive we need freedom to be able to to do these things right. And, um, you know, what works best? Does it work best to have the government provide for charity and stuff like that? Or does it work best for us as Christians who are called to do this, to to have charity? You know, and so as as I'm working through things, I found, okay, I'm definitely being more of a fiscal, like a libertarian, really, where I'm going at and saying, okay, I think that the government needs to, to leave us alone in certain things. But then I was like, okay, well, now how do I balance that with the fact that I think that the government should should ban abortion. I think that the government should should rule on some of these societal issues where it has to do with, like, the death of a newborn or um, maybe, I don't, you know, prostitution. Like, that has destructive powers on, like, the, the community. Or not destructive powers, but, you know, or drugs that has destructive um, effects, side effects that could happen. Um, so how, how am I, what am I supposed to do? So then the idea of communitarian liberalism is that you are a... a classical liberal or the most extreme is a libertarian but then the government can intervene on things where it would negatively affect the community and so the government can ban abortion can ban prostitution can ban hard drug usage and stuff like that but then it allows freedom in other areas and so that was kind of that's my answer because I was really important for me to be intellectually honest with myself right because I didn't want to just say well I'm I'm a conservative and therefore I want to just sell this I was like uh, but but I also think the government, you know, so I've, I have found inconsistencies and I have tried to fix that. And so I would say especially for people who are maybe like in Canada, in Western, in the Western world, in Europe or in the non-Western world, I'd say like, so how what do you do and how best does it work within your system that you can push for the Christian ideals? Right. Um, and so if you're pushing for so, like, if you've got it, if you're living in a state that is like a, a nation state that is. um that has a, a very well-established welfare state, then you're not necessarily going to be able to push for a removal of that. Right. So then, but so then, what does that welfare state do? Well, if that welfare state is doing what it needs to do, is it's taking care of the poor and the oppressed. Okay, cool. So how does a Christian work in that when you don't have to do that? So then, what can you be doing to kind of work around that? I don't know. Does that make a little bit of sense? Yeah, does
1: that that, that does. And you know, I've I've kind of looked at things in a very similar vein and be like, okay, well, you know, if I can't, you know, get the government to agree fully with my, uh, you know, theology and what I think it should do in the world, you know, what kind of world do I want to live in in which, you know, I can feel free to, you know, express my ideas as a Christian and, and help others build similar ideas and beliefs and values and so create a society in which those sort of things can flourish um, but you know right. if that also means allowing for th- some things that you know I would personally morally disagree with you know yes. so long as it allows me to do what I want to do <laughs> uh, and, and what I believe Jesus wants done um, you know right. then I'm oh, then you know I, I say let freedom reign you know let 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 people right. you know have their own, uh, conscious, let people make their own decisions. Because you know, in part, I see Jer- Jesus. Even though He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and and uh, will judge the living and the dead one day, you know, there's even though there there's those un- overtones. But Jesus is very, also very humble. He's willing to let men have their own way in things. Um, yep. He's not sitting there beating people over the head, uh, saying, "You idiot! You better believe what I'm going to want you to believe right now, or I'm going to do about something right now if you don't." um he's you know willing to let people reject him uh right. you know or, or his and his, the things that he taught um you know he's he's willing to let people walk away from him if necessary um mm-hmm. so you know I, I i see some of that as being an ideal that i want to you know not be this I don't see Jesus as an authoritarian, so I don't want to be an authoritarian. So therefore, I don't want to live in an authoritarian type society. So as a Christian, right. I feel like anytime I see authoritarian tendencies on the left or the right, I I, I feel obligated to try to, you know, oppose those. Um, right. Because, but I, at the end of the day, I'm doing them because partially because I think that if I don't, then it, there's it makes it harder for the kingdom of of God to flourish so you know i kind of lean towards a libertarian sort of perspective i would say on a lot of political things um but you know then that makes me feel conflicted because i sit there and say let freedom reign and yeah people should be able to sell their bodies in prostitution and do drugs and um you know not be criminalized for you know two consenting adults engaging in their own free acts of wills uh, Mm -hmm. without you know being coerced or having having their rights violated you know if they want to do that then let them do that but at the same time in saying that, I think, man, that sounds so awful because, <laughs> uh, because I, I know Jesus is against drug use and Jesus is against prostitution. So why should I encourage the government to allow the gover- allow people to do the things that break Jesus' heart and ultimately kind of go against uh, his word? And, and really, if, if Jesus is Lord and, and, you know, in some sense there is some sort of theocratic state that exists even in the midst of all governments across the world through the church um, you know, am I fighting against the things I therefore believe? Uh, and I'm fi- like, I'm fighting with one hand for one thing and one hand for another. Like you should be able to have sex with whoever you want, but Jesus says not to. <laughs> like, right. Um, and so I, I feel really conflicted and I sit there and think whose kingdom am I trying to build anyway? You know, if I'm, if I'm trying to make these sort of concessions for our society, um, you know, if I start aligning myself with certain political individuals or parties or affiliations and stuff, you know, am I at the same time working against the kingdom of God itself?
0: It. It's that, that's and that's the struggle the, that I struggled with, too, in finding it just because it's like, well, what do I do? And and I, I think I would struggle a lot more not being in the u.s where we have like the constitution that like helps determine things right and um so if as a constitutionalist the you know the 10th amendment states that if it's not in the constitution it's up to the states to decide so i can i have to in order to be intellectually honest say if let's say massachusetts wants to have um that wants to have uh, gay marriage and um abortion legal then that's fine then they then I'm going to I'm going to fight against that. I might support candidates that don't do that or whatever the case that don't you know strive for those things. But in the same way, I have to I have to say, OK, fine, this is what they want to do. And that's what they're going to do now in, in the state where I live down in the south. I'm going to support the candidates that, that don't do that. I'm going to vote in a way to make sure that, that kind of stuff doesn't happen because it is against my beliefs. Right. Um, and so we have that kind of that protection to where if it's not a federal law, then, then you can you can move to a state or go to a different place. Where that kind of thing doesn't have to happen, and um, so that's, and then when they say, "Well, aren't you just letting your religious beliefs get in the way?" It's like, "Well, no, I'm, I'm supporting my beliefs in the same way that you're supporting your beliefs, and then it's just it's up to the people to decide." Mm-hmm. And um, then you really get into the the more thing about like what are rights and like is someone have is marriage a right? Well, no, marriage isn't a right because it isn't in the Constitution. And our Constitution is like a thing of negative liberties where it says these are the things that you – that the government will ensure that you always have. Right. And so there's there's a whole lot of – and you can get a lot deeper into that and we won't – or maybe we will. I don't know. But that's you know that's not where I'm going with it anyway right. yet. Um, but it's just – so there's – and so like – but if you're like in, in the UK where – well, right now you still have the, what the European Union says about stuff and then you've got this other stuff. It, it becomes a lot more difficult. Right. Um, and I think – but then also, but in, in like the UK, where you have a parliamentary system, or even in Canada or wherever, then you can have like I, I I have I support the the family party, and they believe in you know nuclear families are the best, and they don't believe in abortion. Well, now <laughs> I can support them because I literally have a whole party revolving around things that are important to me. Right. And then you know, um, and then they'll make, um, groups of anyway. So, but I think, and then I think especially is difficult with. So that's the good part about the U.S. but the bad part is we're in a two-party system. Right. And you've got a lot of people there who feel politically homeless. Um, and I, I'm, I'm friends with some of them um, on Twitter and stuff like that, who's like, well, I don't support what Trump is doing in terms of refugees, and I don't support some of the personal decisions that he's made in the past and stuff like that. But I also don't support that we should – I also don't believe we should have abortion on demand. Right. Also, so what do I do? And I think for um, – for those of us in the U.S. within this two-party system, we we it's a bigger struggle than before. And people are like, "Well, how could you support like Trump who does these things and, and yet call yourself a Christian?" Right. And it's one of those things where it's like, ah, you know, I I'm not electing the Pope in chief. I'm <laughs> electing, you know, Commander in Chief. Right. And yes, there are some moral failings for sure, but it's what he's and it's one of the really the lesser of two evils. Right. And. Um, and so, and I think that also, but also I think a lot of times that hurts our Christian witness doing the lesser of two evils. Right. Well, I mean,
1: for me, I would identify as one of those individuals who considers themselves politically homeless. And I've even in uh, previous done a podcast on that very theme. Um, and, you know, it feels like a more comfortable place. Uh, to sort of be in, in many ways, because then I feel like I don't own, like I don't have to feel like I do this dance or th- throw any loyalty uh, behind any party, and I don't feel like any party's in danger of being able to to co-opt me. Because then I can sit mm-hmm. here and feel like I can say where I see the positive and negative sides of each candidate. Like for me personally, I would say, well, you know, I like some of the things Bernie Sanders says. Like for example, you know, if I have to choose between. Uh, you know, spending $3 trillion on the military industrial complex or, you know, pay for everybody to have free health care, personally speaking, I would choose the free health care. Um, and, right. and, and and because I see that as a more pro-life sort of value, um, mm-hmm. you know, as somebody who would consider them as selves as pro-life from, uh, from uh, uh, cradle to grave. Um, so, like, you know, but at the same time, I would say, but I'm also against... Uh, his, um, you know, universal health care, because I believe um, it involves, you know, maybe I wouldn't go so far as to say what libertarians say with and say it's theft, um, because I believe, you know, the the it, it's commonly said it's theft to take taxes from individuals. But, you know, I believe yeah. if, if the people have uh, the power and give the power over to the government as the sole monopoly of power, then You know, the exercise of the government in that power you know, isn't always going to be a thing of theft. But anyway, um, or something of a, along those issues I'm still working on that idea. Right. Um,
0: but but well, we, the, the cons, it's part of the social construct that we're in. Right. The social contract that we've signed by being U.S. citizens. Right. So gover- we, we're giving the government authority to do these things. So yeah, you're right. It's not it's not theft in all cases.
1: Right. But but at the same time, it's like, you know, I believe that Bernie Sanders ideas create a nanny state, fosters a, an unhealthy dependence on the government. It makes mm-hmm. the government, this big, almost deistic sort of entity um, that people start looking up to. Um, But then again, at the same time, you know, he's all about abortion um, and some other things that I'm squarely against. So like, but, you know, in theory, I could see myself, even though I wouldn't, uh, voting for him over Donald Trump because I hate Trump's immigration policies. I hate Trump's um, foreign policies. Uh, When it comes to uh, trade, I don't believe him to be a a, a fair trade guy um, or uh, I'm sorry, a free trade guy. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, neither is Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders would actually probably agree with most of what Donald Trump has done and would want to go further um, when it comes to state protectionism and stuff. So, you know, I see myself, you know, liking some things, though, that Trump's done. Like, you know, I think he's been good for taxes and the economy. Uh, overall, even with his anti-trade sort of stuff. But I I feel like, you know, so I I see where I can go both sides. But at the end of the day, part of me is like wondering, am I just going to stay home next election and only vote for local guys and just, you know, write in none of the above for president or some other offices because I find all the candidates really bad and I just can't bring myself to hold my nose and vote for any more anybody anymore because I, I don't right. want to do that you know I don't want to hold my nose I want to vote for somebody that I believe represents me and my values my beliefs and would do the same thing I'm doing uh, or same thing I would do if I were in their place
0: yeah and and that's the, the big problem with the two-party system like if because you you do have some some lesser extreme like people on the Democratic side like Tulsi or yang or whoever. And, um, but there's no way they're going to win because right. they're just, they're polling so low and stuff. Um, I do think in, in terms of something that you, so I personally, I, it wasn't until I found out that in my state, you have to be part of the party that you are, um, to vote in the primaries, Like you have to be part of that. So if I'm, I became a Republican Or, you know, sign the paper, whatever I did, I don't remember what it was, Mm -hmm. so that I could participate in Republican um, primaries. However, I'm not afraid to vote like libertarian for like local um, things or whatever the case is because, and because I I look at him and try and decide, like, well, are you you one of those like crazy libertarians, quote unquote? Uh Where it's like, yes, free everything. And by the way, hard drugs, totally cool. We should just hand those out in schools just because. Um, And, so I, mean, I try to make sure I don't vote for those guys, um, but I I I do not do a, a single down the um, out thing because there are like there are like Reagan Democrats, right? Like especially down in the south where like yeah I'm a Democrat, but I and they they look a lot more like like you know like Republicans in many ways. Right. So I wouldn't necessarily have an issue voting for those. And I think that when we when we polarize ourselves or other people and say well hold on if you voted Democrat then you're that means you're a baby eating liberal. Oh well, if you you're a, um, you voted Republican, that means you're a Nazi right. or whatever. And I think that creates so many negative and terrible things. Right. Because the reality is, like, I believe that if we get the government out of um, this entitlement program and we say, okay, instead of taking 30% of people's income, let's only take 10%, then people, when there is a need, will rise up and do it. Right. And we'll take care of that. And we can, without having so many layers of bureaucracy we could help end the homeless problem without having to worry about the government doing it now then there are, I have good friends who are on the opposite side and their thing is well no people won't give it because people are selfish right and that's the Christian beliefs the Christian you know that people are inherently evil um, so we need the government to do this because even though and, you know it may not be as good as what you're saying at least for sure we're guaranteeing that some people are doing this and it's a matter of coming down and saying okay the, the goal is we both want homeless people to be taken care of. Right. We both want all this kind of stuff. And when we look at the view like that, and like even people who are pro-abortion, you know, even pro-life, whatever the case, we both don't want abortions to happen because abortions, there's a bigger sign there that there's an unwanted pregnancy. So how do we reduce unwanted pregnancy? If we get to this end goal and stop pol- polarizing ourselves, then I think we could get a lot more done. Right. But recently, especially like, really recently within the past like because I've been I'm 34 and I've been following politics since I was like six <laughs> um it's been it's we've gotten really nasty and like really like there is no if you vote for this one person then that means you are you're the most evil person ever and there's no more of this we can't come together and say like, hey we we just have different ways of doing this anymore and I think that's until we can get past that I don't think we're gonna I think the, the problems are going to be we're going to continue, things are going to continue to get worse.
1: Yeah, I, I, it almost makes me feel like sometimes like, man, wouldn't it be just easier if we just did have some sort of totalitarian one party of regime ruling all things so that, yeah. you know, at least as a church, we could stand up and say, we're the ch- church of Jesus Christ, darn it, and we're going to act right. this way and believe this way, and you're just going to have to kill us if you don't agree. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: or at least let, let's have the church be ahead of it and then that way we can just kill heretics
1: <laughs> right exactly let's just uh kill uh uh the guy that John Calvin fried um yeah, ser- ser- servitus yeah let's yeah. let's just do that let's you know I, i'm all for the puritan calvinistic reformed theocratic state uh things work much more easy when you get to decide who okay. the elect are so yeah i mean and to me that's why like the infinite complications of these debates this is why I have a real hard time with just people saying, "Oh, you liberals this, or you conservatives that." Yeah. You know, you, um, or oh, is God a Republican? God a Democrat? Which whose side is God really on? Like, part of me is like, God's on the kingdom of God's side. That's exactly. who. God, that's yes. who God is for. Um, and God's not trying to back the Republicans. He's not trying to back Democrats. Obama's not the uh, anointed one, and neither is Trump.
0: Um, But yeah, to kind of what you're saying with, is God a Republican or Democrat? No, God's on his own side and his own side transcends all that kind of stuff. Right. And it it transcends the pettiness of it because it's like, you know, does it like. And I've talked before about like what real like what Marxism is versus like communism. And Marxism is this thing where like there is no government set up. It's just everyone's doing the right thing for everyone. And man, um, sign me up. (laughs) Exactly. Right. But that's that's the way it would be under God, because we know that so God would have all the power. And he's like, okay, everybody, you're going to do your thing. And no one's doing things evil, because by the time that we get to this point, we're going to have a new body and and it won't matter. And we're not going to be selfish. And and so God's like, yeah, well, you know what? I I don't care about your government way of taking care of the homeless. It's you have to take care of the homeless. Right. And the government does it. That's great. But what are you doing? And it's and that's the thing. It's like so. I think we just we pick a topic and say, okay, well this is the way that God would do things and no. And, and it's kind of like back in the um you look at, I think it was the uh in the book of John, um Peter's everyone's like, Hey, what are you doing with this idea? Well you you said that John would like live forever and Jesus like that. I don't if I say John wants to live a million years, he's gonna live a million years. You follow me. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter like if we're if you've got a Republican in charge, you've got a Democrat in charge and fighting against this and like, which way is the right way to do so? No, no, no. It's, are you doing what God has called you to do at this time? And so it doesn't matter if the government's taking care of the homeless. Are you going out there to take care of the homeless too? Right. Are you still giving your money for these things? Are you going, and are you signing up? Like if you're against abortion, then you need to be signing up to, to help. What are you doing to help the kids who are in situations where they feel like they have no other need, but to get an abortion. Right. I don't, I don't like the whole, the demographic, like, democrat but like a lot of people are like well then if you don't like abortion then why aren't you adopting a 10 kids (laughs) people don't have the ability to adopt 10 Uh, kids right but are you serving into a place to help people so that they don't feel that's their only option right and if you're not you don't have to adopt 10 kids but if you're not doing that then you you are you are being a hypocrite in that
1: right you know i feel like the entire gotcha cancel culture sort of thing makes it makes it really terrible and i won't get too much into that because i'm gonna as far as cancel culture because i'll be on john's show uh next week of talking about cancel culture um I guess. i'm so lucky what a lucky guy i am um <laughs> uh but uh you know I, I the just the pettiness and mean spirit of it all like you know i i grew up in a household where um you know folks regularly yell at the news screen and yeah you know, and and now that we have Facebook, we can sit there and not only yell at the news, but then repeat on Facebook what we're yelling at the news. Yeah. That's the best. That's yeah, the, I mean, that. yeah. Uh, And so much of the conversation that goes on out there seems to be centered around just this yelling at one another. But, you know, part of me is like, you know, I, 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 I feel our identities are so caught up in that. It's so hard to divorce it. And if, mm-hmm. if you were to tell... You know, a Christian that, no, you can't be a Republican and no, you can't be a Democrat. They would almost not know what to do with themselves when it comes to uh, a political theology of, of, and how the kingdom of God, you know, operates in this world. Because they, they need the Republican Party or they need the Democrat Party and they need the government. Um, and right. to them, those things take precedent over the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of God is just, you know, more or less something to teach you how to be a good neighbor and then go to heaven when you die. Yeah. And it's not anything that anybody would possibly kill you over. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, Jesus Christ is Lord. I mean, we're not going to kill you over
0: that. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not killed over that. Yeah, I I like that. But then there's no urgency to it. (laughs) Right. I don't remember who it was, but I remember in my um, Christian history classes, there was this quote they'd always say is that Christianity is, um, is uh, watered with the blood of its martyrs, and that it, it blooms and it grows when we're, when we're under like stress, and you see how, how the church, like in China, where it's illegal and people are killed for being Christians, the church is like growing exponentially, right. and all of our churches here in the U.S. are dying. Right. Um, because there isn't that pressure, because we get a little too comfortable and I think that that's one of the issues that we're running into, like with the evangelicals being on like, the, the right and the progressive Christians being on the left, is you get too comfortable and then like what, you stop questioning things. Right. But then you've got the people on the other side who they aren't interested in getting you to question things, they're interested in getting you to say something and screw up so that they can say that you're a terrible human being. Right. Well, And you, so then we're running into this terrible setup.
1: Well, it's like, you know, I, I believe as the church you know we should be making both republicans and democrats comfortable or un- i'm sorry uncomfortable um and yeah. they they should feel like almost like to some degree that that christians shouldn't be able to be involved in the republican party or christians shouldn't be able to be involved in the democrat party because we should our confession of jesus christ as lord should be just almost too much for them to handle like i should right. be able to sit there and say as a christian you know um you know i side with the immigrant and that should make uh, the Republicans uncomfortable, and, you know, as as somebody who doesn't believe in, uh, you know, killing or anything like that, um, being a pacifist, you know, that should really make uh, Republicans uncomfortable with me. Right. But at the same time, I'm against abortion and um, you know, I'm against big government, and, and because I believe the only big government we should have is the kingdom of God. <laughs> yeah, uh, the pa- pastor needs a nice house, and you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, so the Democrats should be uncomfortable with me and just be like, maybe this party isn't for you. Maybe you should find somebody else. And, you know, that leads me back again into my politically homeless camp. And, mm-hmm. and and I see how it goes because even as, you know, somebody who's kind of a low-level leader at the church, um, you know, my church kind of, you know, tries to say we're all purple when it comes to yeah. political parties. And a lot of churches take that stance. And I think in many ways that's a good thing. But I think also at the same time that, is the church just kind of saying, we're not going to talk about politics, let's just all get along, it's all about Jesus, and none right. of, nothing that Jesus has anything to do about really has anything to do with the political realm, so let's just disagree over politics and focus on the gospel. And part of me is like, no, the gospel The gospel yeah. is inherently a political message, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, I feel like over the years, it's, it's kind of realizing these things that I've kind of and I've kind of made some unfriends out there in the church over the years because, you know, I'm willing to say things politically that I tie to the gospel, and people are just like, uh, can't you just, like, sometimes it's like even in a church manual that we have at church that they handed out to us as youth leaders, they're like, you know, you're free to talk about politics, but we highly discourage it because Great. people won't listen to you about Jesus if you talk about politics, basically, is the idea. And I get where that's going because there are certainly people who won't listen to me and anything I have to say about Jesus because I've said some awful things about Trump or I've said some awful things about Obama. uh, And I call out both the left and the right. And so people, so like, you know, I don't get as much traction as I used to when I was just kind of one sided (laughs) or when I was leaving politics out of it. But. You know, over the years, I've just grown increasingly under the conviction that the gospel, yes, it's a spiritual message. Yes, it's about the new birth and, and, and you know, the coming of the kingdom of God and repentance and being covered in the blood and filled with the Spirit and, uh, you know, growing in personal holiness and all that fun stuff. But at the same time, there's a, an inherently political dimension because of the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord.
0: Right. And that, that means something. Right. Because if Jesus Christ is Lord, that means that... that he, he gets to kind of define a lot of things about our lives, right He gets to determine, well, yeah, you have the freedom to do this, but you you shouldn't do this right and then that's where we get into something that's like, yes, well you have the freedom to make as much money as you want, but um excuse me, mister. in this case republican you you have to give away most of that, right you don't need this, your fifth house, right, and then in the same way, you yeah, live life, sleep with whoever you want, but you're not supposed to do that outside of marriage right. And marriage isn't allowed in that type of thing. And so you, you do. And I think, so it's sad that you lose traction because people are saying, oh, well, you don't like this person, therefore you're a Nazi or whatever you want to say, or, or you don't um, you don't support this one thing, well, therefore you're a misogynist. Right. What? What? No, no, Jesus was not a misogynist and, and Jesus taught this stuff. Right. And so and it just, it really, ah, it's, and I, I think one of the other issues with churches like doing the whole like purple thing Okay, I, is it it's, it's this thing of saying, oh yes, there are good people on both sides. Right. There, there's not always good people on both sides. Right. Just because people believe it doesn't mean, or just because you have a good person who believes something that's wrong, it it doesn't mean that that their beliefs are good. And I think when we try to walk that that center line to not offend anybody, we end up affirming things that are incorrect. I personally believe that there's more wrong with one side than the other which is why i I align more on the sure the other side in this case and um and i think that but so then with that case then a lot of times we we get into that situation where it's like i have to vote for this person i have to vote for this lesser of two evils because if i don't then look what would happen like in the case in in the u.s you've got like the supreme court Right. Well, you've got like three justices that Trump got to put in there. That if it had been Hillary, then then she would have put in three justices. And I know Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have <laughs> resigned a long time ago if right. Hillary had been in there. And but so then and then what is that? And then how does that set up the whole structure for the U.S.? Right. Like if you have you know if, if the, the Supreme Court's all on one side then that's going to have ramifications 40, 50, 60, 70 years down the road. Right. Um, Like you look at Roe versus Wade and like what that has done, like how many lives have been lost or whatever. Anyway, so, but the, um, and so, and, and ah, it's just so difficult
1: to wrestle with. Right. Well, you know, it makes me wonder too, like when, when the parties realize that we have that one pet issue. Like I, I know many good Christian friends of mine who say abortion's the one pet issue, and no matter who's running for office, no matter how lousy they are, and no matter what their other beliefs are, they're gonna vote Republican every single time because Republicans have promised to stack the courts so as to one day overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, yeah. and I'm very sympathetic to that. Like part of me's right. like that makes a lot of sense. Except for the fact that it was a Republican court that enforced Roe v. Wade. And, right. you know, no matter how many times we've been in the position to actually challenge Roe v. Wade with the, the stacking of the Supreme Court, even as it presently is, um, nothing's ultimately being done about it. So part of me wonders, right. like, to some degree, are they just saying those things because they know we'll vote for them if they say that one particular thing? And are we being co-opted by, you know, the Republican Party? Um, just simply because they make promises that ultimately they don't deliver on when it comes to that one issue that everybody seems right. to vote for them. Because if they know they're going to get 30% of the vote every single time, um, you know, that's that's half the battle. <laughs> you, know? Right. you know, at the end of the day, my concern is that, you know, we are allowing ourselves to be manipulated instead of allowing ourselves just to be the kingdom of God. And, right. you know, we should be able to say, to the powers that be, be it Republican or Democrat, is that I see through what you're doing and mm-hmm. you can't rely on me as some sort of reliable voting block just because you, uh, you know, say you're uh, uh you right. know, and, and think that that has me because I'm not just going to fall for all the right buzzwords. But OK, well, you know, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I've had a lot of fun. I think we've, you know, we've talked about much, proposed much and, you know, I don't know that we've necessarily come away with any solution, but I think, you know, this has kind of a, been a really good conversation because we've shown there is so much tension um, between church and state. And I think, you know, that tension's a good one. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus Christ being Lord. And, uh, you know, anytime the Lord interjects his, his uh, word and his will into this world, Um, men are going to be divided. And uh, I think that's a good thing. I think that's actually by design. (laughs) Potentially. Thank you for coming on, St. Theosaurus Rex. It's been a lot of fun. You've been a fun guest. Uh, Tell the people how they can find you in your podcast and any other sort of spiel you want to give.
0: Yes. You can go to, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at St. Theosaurus Rex. That's St. Theosaurus Rex. Um, And then from there, I've got links to like my podcast, my YouTube. Um, Everything's kind of you just Google um, theosaurus rex, but uh, YouTube will autocorrect theosaurus rex to thesaurus rex, (laughs) which was a terrible marketing thing on my end. So you gotta make sure, no, I meant to search for this thing. Then you'll see my awesome little uh, green avatar on there, and we'll go from there. But thank you for having me on. It was a lot of fun, and I hope that we at least some people listening to it, and I'd I'd love to get feedback on it too from y'all who are listening, um, because there's, well, I think what we did is we talked about a lot of just stuff and gave people right. things to noodle on, and hopefully that'll help people kind of figure out what they should do in their own life. Uh,
1: and if anybody has a hard time finding uh, St. Theosaurus Rex and his uh, content, there'll be links to it in my show notes at Jimmy'sTable.com for episode 43. Um, so if you want to check that out, again... This has been Jimmy'sTable.com. I am your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Thanks again, St. Theosaurus Rex, and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. would love your feedback. Uh, Reach me at Jimmy at Jimmy'sTable.com. Write show notes uh, on Jimmy'sTable.com. Facebook, Twitter, you guys know where to reach me. Uh, Take care, everybody. God bless, and uh, have a good one.
0: Air Smudge